0: Hello and welcome to Talking Economics, where I give our thoughts to take on global markets, the economy, and the world of business. I'm your host, Lux Sauron, and thank you for tuning in to this episode. Throughout this season, I'll be looking at how various industries were impacted during the pandemic and how they recovered. So I decided to begin this season by looking at an industry that impacts all of us, the financial industry. The financial industry, on average, is accountable for 20-25% to 25% of a country's economy. During the pandemic, there was a high instability and volatility in global markets. The financial sector was affected the most with bank valuations dropping in all countries around the world. The fluctuations in bank valuations would have definitely impacted the industry's profitability. To tell us more about how the industry was impacted, we have Miss Claudia Salem. Ms. Salem is the CEO of Alliance Property and Casualty. Thank you very much for being here today, Miss Salem. Before we dive into this episode, could you please share with us more information about what your job entails and more information about Alliance?
1: Thank you Tilak for having me and for the opportunity. Uh, In terms, so I work for Allianz in Asia Pacific and um, as you know Allianz is one of the world's leading insurers and asset managers. We have more than 100 million and retail corporate customers in more than 70 countries. In terms of uh, our Allianz footprint in Asia, Asia is one of our core growth regions for Allianz Uh, It's characterized, obviously, by a rich diversity of cultures, languages, and customs, and we've been present in this region since 1910, when we first provided fire and marine insurance in some coastal cities in China. Today, Allianz is active in 14 markets in the region and uh, offering its core businesses of property and casualty insurance, life, protection, and health solutions, as well as asset management. We have more than 32,000 staff, uh, and Allianz serves the needs of over 18 million customers in the region across multiple distribution channels and digital platforms. As for myself, my name is Claudia Salem, as you, and uh, as you introduced me, and I'm the regional property and casualty CEO for uh, Allianz in Asia Pacific. I've been with the company since March of 2019, and essentially, a lot of the work I've been doing with my teams in the various countries is about driving increased value to, the customer, to our customers through digitalization and through uh, thinking about innovative products and solutions that help fit our customers' current and also emerging needs with all the changes that are happening in this world. Also, I wear another hat for Allianz here in Asia, which is I'm the uh, sponsor for uh, sustainability on the in, on the Asia Pacific board for Allianz. And it's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart.
0: Thank you very much for sharing some light on both your company and yourself. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. As I highlighted earlier, the pandemic had a huge impact on the industry's profitability. Could you just explain to us further the impact it had on your industry?
1: Yes, sure. Um, Yes, as in every industry, the pandemic has uh, hugely affected our industry. And the way it has affected our industry is really in four distinct areas, let's say. The first is it's affected us as a service provider. Uh, For example, you know, because of COVID, there was no more travel. So our travel insurance is impacted we also naturally have business interruption insurance as part of our covers that we provide. And lots of businesses, if not all, were interrupted through the, throughout the pandemic. So, uh, and within that scope, uh, it was you know, about our ability to be there, to be transparent, timely, and proactive in the way we've communicated with our customers. And this has been key Uh, in terms of our ability to continue providing the best service we can to our customers and uh, business partners. The second way that we've been affected is as a corporate citizen, Uh, we've been trying to help communities in terms of giving access to vaccines where we can. Uh, We're also, as I mentioned before, even for myself and my interests, but more broadly as an organization, We've been really active in broader matters such as sustainability and diversity and inclusion, which are all topics that seem to have taken uh, the forefront and priority during this pandemic. And there's much more awareness around uh, those issues and what needs to be done. We've also been affected as an employer. So like I mentioned uh, previously, Allianz employs a substantial number of people around the world and all of our employees and team members have been affected, uh, whether it's work from home and the tax- taxation of doing that. Not, not everybody is as fortunate in terms of having space, the family situation, et cetera. So that's been a consideration. Uh, we've been trying to help our employees be set up in a comfortable way and also a topic that's not perhaps, well, it's getting uh, more more and more traction now, but it's kind of the invisible ef- effect of the pandemic, if you will, which is mental health. Uh, it's been very, very difficult psychologically on really every single person in the world who's been living in a high risk area of COVID, let's say and uh, so part of what we've been trying to do is to offer mental health support to our employees where possible and then lastly as an investment so uh, financial services are where people invest their money so there's uh, a responsibility to be resilient and to do our best to deliver results to our shareholders and stakeholders uh, no matter what and that that responsibility, uh, obviously, has been our ability to deliver. Let's say, has been impacted by COVID nineteen. And specifically to the insurance industry, the difficult part that I would also mention is that, you know, all the good work that's done by insurance companies is often not known. But whenever there's um, a bad story, so to speak, you hear all about it in the press. So with COVID-19, that's been a difficult bad uh, thing to manage because uh, you, know, you hear press about what people are not happy with and all the good stories and where we've been able to create positive impact and help our communities and uh, be there for our customers when they need us most is of those stories are often unheard.
0: I mean, as a, as an insurer, physical conversations and meetings are crucial to your industry. And the pandemic abolished these um situations. And you mentioned your company and your industry is becoming more digitized. So you had to become di- you had to digitize your services to reach out to, c- to customers during that period. So could you share with us more information about how technology was an enabler for your industry during the
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh you know, in, in insurance specifically, I'm sure in other industries as well, but there's always this idea that, yeah, you can't really work from home all the time. You need to be in the office. You need to interact face to face. You need to exchange paper to do a transaction. But my view of the reality is that we were really able to switch to an online model almost with without a glitch, let's say. Uh, and I think this has been a lesson to everybody in terms of the art of the possible when, when really there is a need and you have no other choice. So, you know, I, I should caveat that by saying it's not been as comfortable for everybody. But I think, you know, uh, face-to-face meetings have been replaced by uh, Zoom and WebEx and uh, Blue Jeans and a variety of other collaboration platforms and you know for and for us even even when face to face meetings and travel was possible mostly when we had calls with colleagues and customers in other countries i think typically what we would do is we would do phone conference calls mm-hmm. with phone only and i think for example that's one thing that we would certainly carry forward is you know it's much better when you put your video on and you see each other face to face and it doesn't replace human contact, of course, don't get me wrong, but it really does that. In terms of digitalization, again, most companies and the financial services industry have been building up digital capabilities and some of the challenges have been really in the adoption of those because uh, in some cases it might be agents, in some cases it might be end customers. They would themselves prefer to interact face to face or to you know work together to get that paper copy and I think COVID uh, created uh, a necessity to use those digital tools and forced a change that would have otherwise been difficult but once people went through the change process I think the feedback we've been getting from everybody is they think it's much more practical, much more efficient, much easier to do business. So that leads me to think that a lot of those changes will stick. We won't go to a completely non-human interaction. It's against the nature of people and humans. But I think certainly there's more acceptance now that the hybrid model is a good thing.
0: I mean, there's been a lot of conversations about how this new trend of work from home is here to stay. And you mentioned your your company is more efficient in, that, in this digitized manner. So post the pandemic, will you still be as reliant on technology?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think technology <laughs> is here to stay. There's no question about that. And I think most industries and most companies, based on what we're reading and what we're hearing, will go to a hybrid model. Uh, Like I mentioned before, I don't believe that eliminating the face-to-face and the human interaction is the way to go. There's so much benefit from having a dialogue and being there and having also the opportunity to get to know people you're doing business with and working with and building that relationship because that builds trust and trust breeds better discussions around business and around, you know, having the right outcome for all parties and ultimately for the services provided to customers, etc. So that piece will always be there. However, I think there's also lots of merits and benefits of being able to retain a hybrid model where people get to work from home if they have meetings, let's say, which are mostly with people overseas. Like, for example, uh, for myself and my team, we have a regional job. So A lot of the work we do is with other countries, which anyways, whether you're in the office or at home, you're doing uh, via technology. So technology definitely is here to stay. And I think we will learn how to leverage it better in a way that actually probably maximizes business value, but also improves the employee value proposition in terms of having more flexibility around where you work, the times you work, et cetera.
0: You mentioned earlier how the industry was impacted during the pandemic. So it leads me to ask a natural question on how, the, how has the industry responded to COVID-19 and how effective has it been?
1: Well, th- the way we've responded is kind of aligned to the areas where we've been impacted that I shared with you. For example, we've been impacted in uh, in the services that we've provide and the the golden rule of response is to be proactive to reach out to our customers to explain to them how, where their coverages are what are their rights to be able to you know be there be there for them in terms of paying out claims or whatever else if it is within our responsibility but uh, whether it is or not for example within their area of cover to, help them in any way we can, whether through information, through assistance, services. So uh, I think that that is one of the key areas of response, so to speak. The other uh, thing is in how we support our uh, employees. So I mentioned before, mental health support, uh, conscious activities and actions around uh, trying to maintain team morale. There's different ways of team building and team bonding and team communication when you're doing it over Zoom versus in person. But you can always find ways, etc. Being uh, more aware at a global level as a corporate citizen, and you know whether it's within COVID itself and what we can do in the different communities in which we operate, or also other. Uh, tangential topics so to speak or related topics that are now more at the forefront because people realize that this stuff is real and it can happen and most likely it will happen more often because the world is the world is so interconnected and so so globalized so being a, a leader in that space and trying to do the right thing which is often good for business and then thinking of ways of how we can continue to uh, operate and deliver results in this difficult environment. Mm
0: -hmm. And um, before the pandemic, many large insurance companies were making to push into small businesses as they thought it was a profitable market. But during the pandemic, a lot of these small businesses were impacted the most in terms of profitability and supply chains. So post the pandemic, will you continue to push into the market and as you said, uh give the unprotected some protection. Will you continue that uh methods?
1: Yes, I believe that small businesses will survive and even thrive after the pandemic. I mean, no doubt no doubt not all of them will, and the pandemic has, like you said in your opening, put a lot of economic stress. Mm -hmm. and so many different industries that, you know, some companies will not survive and sometimes to no no fault of their own, obviously. But for those who survive, I think one thing that, well, a couple of things. One is we will continue to live in a globalized world and, you know, hopefully economic recovery will pick up everywhere and we're already seeing the signs of that. So there will be many new opportunities for small to medium enterprises to grow and prosper. Uh, So uh, the threat of the pandemic will also be an opportunity, which is true to most threats that you can also look at them differently. And then in the future, they become an opportunity. And uh, for financial services and the insurance industry specifically, This segment of the market is still a segment that we want to support and want to have solutions for. So yes, I expect that definitely it will uh, continue to be a focus area. And also, I think the pandemic created a lot more appreciation for localization and local solutions. I think that angle will also help a lot of small to medium enterprises grow and prosper where otherwise they might have not, and that's another kind of side of something that might become an opportunity uh, and a lesson learned, so to speak, from this pandemic.
0: Uh, you mentioned earlier about how your company and your industry itself is becoming more digitized, and your interactions be uh, dynamic between face to face and a online service. So, especially for these small firms, all, they will benefit a lot from these, you know, mixed um, interactions. Right. So. Would it would it be a bold statement to say that post the pandemic, a lot of these small firms are going to come to your your firm and other firms for these um digital services, and that will cause your industry to uh, gain a large revenue.
1: I think they're a growing uh, segment of the industry, mm-hmm. and I think that it's about. What will attract them to certain firms more than others is the ability uh, of the firms to offer them solutions to their problems. Mm-hmm. So I think digitalization is part of it. Digitalization drives more the need uh, for ease, ease of use, let's call it. So people, everybody these days uses as a benchmark the experience we have from the platforms we use to on, our, on a day-to-day basis like the Amazons and the Lazada, the Lazadas of the world. So this is our benchmark for uh, an experience, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when SMEs and even individual customers come to an insurance company, they're not gonna say this is an insurance company, so my expectation is a bit less. No, they're gonna expect that level. So having the right this digitalization and thinking about the customer journeys, meaning, How do the customers want to do business with us, whether they're end users or small to medium enterprises or even large customers? And being able to do business with them the way they want to do business is what matters. So digitalization is a means and a a proxy for saying we are able to give customers the service they want in the way they want it. The other part of this and what would attract them is then our ability to solve their problems or give them solutions to their problems. And this is where, for example, in Allianz, we uh, spend a lot of time thinking about, for example, for a small to medium enterprise, what are their needs and how can we holistically cover their needs? And it could be things like offering offering them property and liability cover, so more what we call packaged products, but also some more... Assistance services around those. So, what are the things they need to think about in terms of how to manage business interruption, how to think about uh, proactively, something I alluded to before, also active, uh, like managing the risks proactively. So, they don't get to a point where they have a situation where there is a claim that needs to be paid, which is, of course, if they do, we will be there. But the better solution for the, for, um, for them is to be able to avoid that by managing the risk and this is where we try to help them and then of course if an accident occurs and there's a claim then we will be there to help them through that process Mm. and pay the claim
0: Mm. you mentioned earlier the impact your industry had on the environment and how you are a the the entire issue about uh, climate change is very close to your heart and for your company so what are the long-term trends that emerge post the pandemic especially in terms of in regards to um, climate change and the environment
1: I think uh, the awareness I would say and the realization and the understanding that those things are not just an idea they actually can happen so in the past if I Three years ago, if someone told you or told me for that matter, there is going to be a pandemic that cripples the world for two years, which is more or less how long it's been going on, we would have been like, no way, this won't happen. And in many aspects, I think the issue of climate change and uh, and rising temperature and carbon emissions, etc., is understood intellectually, but the urgency was not being translated. And I think now everywhere I look, everywhere I read, people are talking about climate change. People are talking about uh, the need to reduce our carbon footprint. And uh, so Nat that, that for me, the problem is, is quite clear, let's say. We need to keep the rise in temperature in the world to less than 1.5 degrees, which is per the Paris Agreement. And to do that, we need to make sure that we do a series of things. One of them is not to cut forests anymore because trees sequester carbon the most. Number two is to reforest when where we can. And number three is to stop the emissions or have a path, an accelerated path towards stopping those carbon emissions and help co- companies get have a, create a credible path towards that so manage the transition risks and to get there essentially
0: i was going to ask you a build-up question that saying you know we're looking at you know small firms or, or large corporations in the new in the near future if it comes your company for a for a insurance for like, uh, an asset or certain parts of the business and say they're not very uh, sustainable or environmentally friendly, will you still give them the business they require? Will you provide solutions for them or will you stick to firms that are more sustainable?
1: The way we look at it is, uh, is the answer would be it depends. So, there are certain areas which we call exclusions, which Mm -hmm. we just don't touch. For example, uh, coal is a very sensitive topic, Mm -hmm. and we have a clear policy around what we do and we don't do around coal. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, um, chemical warfare and things like that. So, there's a a whole uh, list of things which are exclusions, and we just don't do them at all. But then, generally speaking, um, companies there's uh, more and more like scoring mechanisms and ways to understand the sustainability scores of companies and for us, what we've adopted is we've adopted the attitude of walking away is actually the easy part and it doesn't really solve the problem. So in order to solve the problem, what we would do is we would work with those companies and provide them covers only on the basis and Uh, if they have a credible plan towards reducing their emissions and getting to a net zero target. So what we want to do is we want to help people start that path and start their change journey. And then if they have a credible path and they are on the right track, then we want to be there for the transition and help them accelerate it. That's the way we think about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if, say, for example, there's a situation where there's two uh, viable situations, one one has a more uh, renewable method of doing business, and the other isn't so renewable and sticks to a lot more non environmentally friendly uh, business aspects. Will you? Which company would you tend to uh, lean towards more?
1: I mean. We assess every company and every piece of business on its own merit. So Mm -hmm. the company that is using renewable methods, and Mm -hmm. that's not a problem. They're already on the right track and we'll happily Mm -hmm. cover them. Mm -hmm. But then for the other company, like I said, we think it's our duty to work with them and say, look, we will cover you if you can create a credible plan towards reducing your emissions all the way up to net zero, et cetera. So we will try first to work with them mm-hmm. and to help get them to a better place, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if there isn't a mutually happy place where we can reach, then we might decide to walk away. Mm-hmm. But generally, we would try first to help them transition into a better business model.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Miss Salem, for your profound insights. Thanks for listening to Talking Economics. I hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into how the financial industry was impacted during the pandemic and how its future is shaping out to be. In my next episode, I'll be diving deeper into the future of the financial industry. If you're keen to hear more about it, tune in next week. Thank you.